This is the Family Culture Project, episode 57, on being a front row dad with John Froman. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. When you look at your calendar, does it reflect what you say is most important to you? At the end of your life, you will not wish that you spent more time working. However, you may regret not spending more time with your family. We all have work to do, but what if we stopped thinking of ourselves as businessman with a family and instead a family man with a business? This week's guest works with men to do just that. He shifts perspectives that'll help men to put their life in the front row and bring the best of their work home. I really thought this episode was great, Kim. I'm, I, I, not only did I listen to the episode, I actually wound up listening to some of the individual work that John has been doing and some of the programming that he has out there just to learn a little bit more kind of about some of the men in his group, but also just about some of the concepts that we should really be focused on as men. He says all the time, and he, and he opens up every <clears throat> every one of his programs with the fact that we're shifting the focus that we're, we're family men with a business rather than we run a business and, and we have a family too. <clears throat> that focused shift, I think, is an important one because um, I, I personally, myself, I perform better at work if my family life is solid and, and enjoyable. And I think you can bring the best of yourself, your personality, and, and perform better at work when you have a solid foundation at home. I certainly know that there's um, there's men out there that, that may shift that around and actually their home life isn't great, so they use work as an outlet. But if you really think um, about a long term and how how that would play out through life is the opposite, really, whereas the focus on a strong family is going to set you up for a a long-term, very successful future. So I I do think that that's a mental shift for a lot of men, including myself, in the sense that I I pride myself on trying to be a great dad, but I know I fall short in in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes I'm actually spending too much time at work, and I know in the beginning I certainly didn't have that perspective when we first had children. And um, I certainly regret that. You know, I think a lot of us, when we first start out in our careers, and if we have a family, we often put a lot of the effort into the career. We keep thinking, if we build the career, build the career, I'll eventually have time for my family. Or if we put, and I'm not just talking about time, and that's not just what John's talking about either. He talks about the effort, right? The desire to learn, the desire to grow. Um, We oftentimes spend a lot of time getting an education on how to do the work that we're going to do. We spend a lot of our money getting, getting the classes that we need and getting the instruction we need and growing in multiple ways so that we can perform well at work. Well, you know, where's that effort when it comes time for our family? Are we putting that much effort into how do we grow and how do we learn and how do we show up for our family? And so I think especially when we want to build our career so that we can have the life that we want with our family, it's easy to have those things uh, in the wrong priority. That's a great way to think about it. You have to put effort into your home life because that's the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, your job might change, your career might change, mm-hmm. um, but if it, your family's not changing, and that's that's the long that's the long game. You're building children that are going to live generationally, so you're 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 investing into generations, 
whereas your work will end. Well, I think what he challenges us also to do, and he doesn't come out and say this, but um, not to compartmentalize your life. Like, think of yourself as a whole person. That, like, you're not one or the other, but that, like, each of these things in your life, like, whether it's your... um, your business, your career, your family, your, your marriage, your, you know, spiritual life, like even taking care of you personally as an individual, these are all pieces of the pie. This isn't like you're one or the other, or you, 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 you're focused on one and all the rest are just secondary. Like it really is having like a whole life perspective Yeah. and really being willing to sew into each and every one of those areas because they're integral to each, to one another. Yeah. I I agree with that. All those pieces are important, including Mm -hmm. the physical side, because Mm -hmm. how often do men work their butt off? They they, they gain weight because they're just not able to go to the gym, work out, mm-hmm. just, you know, get that physical activity in. And how much do they really suffer from that long term? Because you have to maintain all those parts. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's very important. And it's with the program that he's running is great because it really creates a foundation with men, other men to hold each other accountable in all those areas mm-hmm. because they're all important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so John's incredible, and he's got a lot of great and encouraging things to say. So if you feel like, I don't even know how that's possible, you don't understand the demands of my work, he really gets to the the root of how we have to think differently in order to live differently. And the way of life that he suggests, I believe, is so much more fruitful um, than some of the things that culture is telling us to do. Absolutely. In an organization, regular team meetings are a given. They keep people informed help them achieve goals, and ensure everyone is on the right track. Weekly family meetings do the same. Not only do they allow you to see if you're spending your time and your resources in a way that lines up with your family values, but it also helps you approach each week with purpose. To help you get started having weekly check-ins with the ones you love, we've created a free family meeting packet. It includes sample agendas and discussion topics. You can find the link to it in the show notes or go to the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com to get your copy. Today, I'm talking with John Vroman. John inspires others to live in the front row by teaching the art of moment making. He is an award-winning speaker, number one best-selling author of The Front Row Factor, podcast host and founder of The Front Row Foundation, a charity creating front row experiences for individuals who brave life-threatening illnesses. So John, welcome. I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. We start off all of our episodes now with the question, what is your family known for? Well, um, I'm going to steal that question because that's so darn good. And (laughs) I want to ask that to a lot of other people. And I'm so fat. I'm going to be very interested to hear what they have to say. Yeah. Um, My gut reaction to that would be that we're probably known for um, energy of some type, whether that be people would might refer to it as I refer to my wife as having this beautiful spirit. You know, she's somebody that's a spirited person. I think of my boys in the same way. They have so much energy and they're just, there's the way I've always described that is spirited, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's a term that you've used and heard other Mm -hmm. people as well. So that's how I would think that others would refer to us. If they were like, oh, you have to meet the Romans. Um, They're a lot of fun to be around. They have got great energy. That that is how I think they would refer to us. At least Mm -hmm. I hope. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe I'm projecting my hopes for the world and how they would view our family. But certainly when we show up somewhere, one of my primary questions is how can I bring great energy? 
right? Mm-hmm. To the environment. And, and, yeah. and we can have a whole discussion about what that actually really means and like how I define energy and how other people yeah. use the word energy. But that's a question that would drive me. Yeah. Well, definitely when your family becomes known for something, you do bring that to the table. One of the things that we're known for is playing games. And oh, I love we are it. the ones now at every family gathering, they're like, did you bring a game? Yeah, yeah. But I, we bring the entertainment with us, oh, and cool. um, and so what we do at home, we we bring with us everywhere we go. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, hey, you you know what's what's fun is uh, you know I I and I told you this uh, that I was gonna post this right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so uh, this is really cool. Um, one of my friends uh, responded with this question mm-hmm. that it's making moments. And actually, that's quite fitting. And it's funny that I didn't even think about that because I wrote a book called, you know, called The Front Row Factor, Transform yeah. Your Life with the Art of Moment Making. And now that I think about it, it's funny because we'll sit around, you know, sitting around somebody's island in their kitchen yeah. and I'll say, hey, what, you know what, let's all just pause and take a moment. Let's just appreciate <laughs> Let's just appreciate all this right now. And people are like, ah, that's totally a Roman thing <laughs> you know, to, to, to be creating moments. And so yeah. that's what we're, we're fascinated by. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. So I want you to tell us about being a family man with a business and not a businessman with a family, because that is what Front Row Dads is about. Yeah. And th- this hit me not from a place of uh, where I was winning tremendously and everybody was pointing out how great I was, but actually a moment in my life where I felt I was failing quite uh, a, a good bit in my family role, leading you know, and uh, being a great husband. And what happened was that um, where this really came to be was there was a couple of things. It was kind of a perfect storm, a, a moment of awakening and awareness that I'm super grateful for now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that happened was I was at a party um, and I don't remember what exactly the party was, but that's kind of irrelevant to the story. But somebody had asked me what I do and what they meant was professionally. Mm-hmm. And I knew that and I started to answer, but I caught myself in the middle of my normal answer. And I said, actually, I'm really a husband and a father. And when I'm not doing that, I do these other things on the side. Mm-hmm. And when I said that, I was like, that's how I want to live. Yeah. But if you looked at my calendar, you, I couldn't make a good case for that was actually what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But it felt when I said it, like I was in a, oh, yes, that's it type of moment. And I remember going home with that new epiphany and sitting down and looking at my calendar and looking at my computer. And then it hit me again in a different way. Mm-hmm. I, I said, if family is so important to me and I want to be a husband and a father that happens to have a business and mm-hmm. not the other way around where all my identity is wrapped up in my professional work, then if I look at my computer, shouldn't that reflect that? Like all the folders on my desktop have to do with like my next big event and coaching and speaking Mm -hmm. and writing the next book or whatever. My calendar represented the same thing. I had invested in how to be a better speaker, how to be a better coach. I was going to all these events on how to run the charity and how to raise more money. But where was the event on how to be a better husband? Where was the event on how to be a better dad? Where was, where was all, I'd read hundreds of books on leadership, but one book on parenting, yeah, it never seemed like there was enough time. And the reality is that if you could put a, f- a roof over your kid's head, and uh, you know, if you could put food in their mouths, that arguably past a point of some basic needs being met, your professional life is not going to be the thing that makes you a better uh-huh. dad. And uh-huh. you can hide behind the. And I did this, right? You hide behind the. Well, I just want to show my kids how to be passionate in the world, and I want to show my kids how to work hard. Yeah, yeah. 
Of course, we all do, right? But we also hide behind that excuse as a reason to work ridiculously long hours. And really, it's because we feel great there. It meets our needs for significance. It builds our ego. Like all that was true for me. And finally, I just said, I want to be a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family. Mm -hmm. And and the last thing I'll say about this, and I know I'm on a rant because I feel passionate about it, but it's like, end of life, you know, you talk to these men, I talk to men looking for mentorship, and they, everybody that I talk to about advice on being a great dad, these are men in their 70s, 80s that looking back on their lives, mm-hmm. tons of regret from not being there for their family. Mm-hmm. Not one single person was like, you know, John, uh, now that I think about it, I, I really feel like I left a lot on the table with my business. And if I could go back, I would spend less time with my wife mm-hmm. and kids to yeah. go after that. Yeah. Never have I ever heard I that? Yeah. And I thought, well, there you go. So this is the, now the mission. And we want to, we, we just want to bring attention to an area that's very important. Yeah. And culture is sneaky because before we know it, we start off in the beginning having big ideas of what family life is going to look like. And then over time, culture sneaks in, you know, performance, uh, you know, our desire to succeed and, and to do for our family sometimes yes. overtakes and takes priority over our family, yes. the family itself. <clears throat> So what do you think the biggest obstacles are to becoming front row dads? Is it just culture or do you think there's, there's other things involved? Well, it's like most things. There's a lot of little pieces that add up to one big answer. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I think that you can certainly try to prioritize them right? Like in our, in our men's group, you know, we have about 90 members presently, and it seems to be growing quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. We've identified four pillars of what we consider to be the things that you focus on in order to be a front row dad. Mm-hmm. So one is vibrant health. You know, you think about this, if, if you don't have your health, uh, it's very difficult to be a great husband and great father, right? It's mm-hmm. very, very difficult. The, the old saying is, if you, if you have your health, you have a thousand dreams, but if you don't, you have but one. Hmm. So this idea of health is very important and not just our own health, but the health of our families, you know, really yeah. thinking about what we provide for our, our families in the area of health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, we think about emotions, the feelings that we have about life and the feelings we bring uh, both mm-hmm. from our families into our work and from our work into our families. You know, you, you and I actually yeah. talked about this for a, mo- you know, a moment ago where I was having a conversation three days ago, you'll like this. And I said, how come we don't figure out how to bring the best of our work home. Yeah. And I wanted to write a book about bring your work home or bring the best of your work home because uh-huh. there's so many things we learn at the office um, that we, we don't, we fail to practice at home. Like we, we work mm-hmm. very hard to manage our emotions as leaders oftentimes in front of our teams, mm-hmm. but yet at home, we might just totally drop the ball. So good. And, and, uh, and all those things that relate to being a great dad, emotions are a huge part of that. The feelings that we have, you know, are a big part of it. So mm-hmm. we, we talk about emotional mastery. We talk about a thriving marriage. We talk mm-hmm. about if you want to be a great dad, great family man, you've got to make your marriage a priority. And then yeah. we also talk about parenting. This is education. So right. one of my friends, Dan Martell, and uh, a great guy had said, hey, we're all homeschooling our kids, whether we realize it or not. Hmm. And, and that's one thing that the guys need to realize is that they, one, of the, one of the common questions with men is, where do I send my kids for a great education? And I think that we need to reframe that and say, you are the primary educator. Yeah. Your family is the primary schoolhouse for your kids. The world that you create for them is the primary schoolhouse. Now, you might send them to a supplemental education. 
Yeah. But we can't outsource that completely. We can't delegate that and not pay attention. That's like saying, mm-hmm. hey, you handle my taxes. Yeah. I won't know anything. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, when the IRS figures out what's going on, <laughs> you might be responsible. So, and the same thing with kids, right? Like, you know, one day it's going to be like, no, this was up to you, not the schoolhouse, not the teacher. Yeah. This is your world. And, and I think that understanding those things, those pillars, and then having structures in our lives where we can um, address them on a regular basis. I mean, look, we want to quantify a lot of things with our business, mm-hmm. right? We want to measure things and, and, and pay cl- yeah. cl- careful attention to stats. What about at home? How many people know how many hours they spent with their kids this week? Yeah. How many people know how many hours they spent with their wives? Are we tracking with stats and charts all yeah. those things? I mean, some of our yeah. dads are. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. We talk about values a lot, the family culture project. And we talk about taking those values and turning them into practices, because once you do that, it becomes measurable and repeatable and you can celebrate those things, but you can't, if you haven't taken the time to identify what it looks like to live out that value or to live that family life or to be that dad that you want to be. And, um, you, like you said, they'll, they'll do it at work. They'll, they'll sit down with a team and, and create objectives. Um, but then sometimes that's, that behavior is not transitioned to the home. Yeah, we have to do it there. And by the way, yeah. this isn't anybody listening. Just so you know, I have failed so much in these areas. <laughs> I hope I'm not coming across like I got it. I've got it all dialed in. Yeah. And I'm yeah. Mr. Perfect dad and husband. Like I'm not, I can make, yeah. I can give you a whole laundry list of things where I'm failing and continue to show weaknesses. But I'm becoming more aware Mm -hmm. of what my weaknesses are. I'm also becoming aware of some of the strengths I possess that if I were to bring them into my family life, that Mm -hmm. we would, it would really make an impact. I mean, you talk about values. We were just at, I was in San Diego days ago doing a a scouting out locations for our retreat that we have in the fall. And Mm -hmm. we had a dad's dinner and we bring together these great men and we talk and I, I, you know, there's a couple of rules at dinner. One is look, we're going to skip past all the topical, like how's the weather. We're going to go right deep. We're going to get into it fast. Uh, We're going to have one conversation at the table and we're going to bring up some big topics. And one of them is tell me your biggest breakthrough for, you know, in the last year and how it affected you and your family. Mm-hmm. And that's where the conversation started. And, you know, I'll tell you that, you know, one of the breakthroughs was, uh, was talking about values. One of my friends, and he's actually the host of one of the biggest marriage podcasts in the world, mm-hmm. um, might actually be the biggest marriage podcast in the world. He was at dinner and he was saying that they determined their value system and that that would ma- have made such a big difference, both professionally mm-hmm. and personally, that they mm-hmm. had identified what their values were. And one of the dads at the table said, oh, this is such a point of pain for me. Like, I know this, I know I should be doing it, but yet there's a hang up. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. And I totally get that. And then it came up again this week. We're talking about my nine-year-old's birthday and we're talking about how to craft a birthday. But mm-hmm. that is such, a, it's such an easier question to answer when you understand what your family values are yeah. and what your nine-year-old values. Yeah. Right? Because when you know that, then you can now filter all your decisions through, well, does that meet our highest value or their highest mm-hmm. value? Mm-hmm. Such, such an important conversation. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. So you, I think you've already shared some, some things with us, but what are a few other things that you've learned over the years about overcoming the obstacles that you talked about earlier? Oh, boy, that, that really leaves it open, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. What have you learned over the years? Yeah, because uh, yeah, it doesn't come naturally. I mean, we, we tend yeah. to think that we're just going to like cruise yeah. into family life, that you're going to have this picture-perfect family. And then I think the reality hits and you're like, why isn't this just happening on its own? Yeah. You know, um, my wife and I just had this discovery recently that looking at our marriage and when we've been in our lowest points and our highest points, mm-hmm. the 
question was, where do we experience our breakthroughs? Where, where are we when we're at our best? Like what's happening? Mm, yeah. Identify the bright spots, then maybe you can learn to repeat them. Yeah. And interestingly, uh, all of our big breakthroughs together happened when one of us had a breakthrough individually. Mm. So I would go away on a silent retreat, right? I would go away on an event where I was focused on me developing mm -hmm. myself. And all of a sudden, our relationship took a, a leap forward. Time, and, mm -hmm. and if you really had to try to drill down to what that was, it was also time away. It was yeah. time for her alone, away at another event with other people, figuring yeah. out who she is, what she wants. And she would come back to the table stronger, better yeah. for herself and everybody else. Same yeah. with me. And that a lot of the things that I wished she, I, that she would change about herself uh, so that we'd have a better marriage <laughs> uh, were ultimately solved by me changing something about me. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the solution. Rarely, yeah. If ever, and I'd have to find a spot where I came to her and said, I want you to change. And she said, you're totally right. Uh, I need to change. And everything was just like, ah, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was my growth came by way of me evolving as a human being. Mm. And, um, and it even to the point to where ego is so tricky because it's like, it's, it's not me, right? Like, I mean, I get it. Like, I'm supposed to take responsibility. But in this case, it's really all yeah. about her, right? Yeah. And, and that intellectual argument is really dangerous. But mm. when we accept responsibility for our lives 100%, when you mm. realize, like, I, 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 there was this one affirmation when I was, we were really going through a tough time, my wife and I, a year ago, and I came up with an affirmation that was a game changer for me. And that was this, I do not need my wife's permission to treat her like gold. Mm. Like I don't need her, I don't need her permission Right. Or her participation yeah. to treat her amazingly well. And that to me is like, well, if she didn't say that, I wouldn't have gotten so angry. But that's being the victim and victimhood. Hmm. Being the victim of your marriage, being the victim of your kids. If my kids were only this way, if, if I only lived in this area, if I only had this job, if I, anytime that we become a victim, and I will tell you that even the most successful, and we have some guys in our group that are worth eight and nine figures, men that have built epic businesses and really smart people and ultra marathon runners and endurance, like all these yeah. crazy accomplished people, all of us are susceptible to the ego creeping in and being yeah. a victim of things. Uh, we talk about that at our retreats. And so I think that the breakthrough for me and the thing that has both held me back mm -hmm. and has allowed me to move forward has been accepting responsibility at 100%. Mm -hmm. And I'll give a resource for that, by the way, like a guy who I just met this year named Jocko Willink. He wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. And I introduced him at a conference and got to chat with him backstage a little bit. His book is amazing. It is all about accepting responsibility and what he calls, he's a, he was an ex-Navy SEAL um, and a very accomplished one at that, leading up and down the chain of command. Like not only do you take responsibility for things that are, you know, quote unquote, uh, down the chain of command, but up the chain of command, if you will. And just fully accepting responsibility, this extreme ownership concept was a game changer wow. for me. And, allow, yeah. and allowing me to then teach my kids the same idea because that's yeah. really what you want to do. But if you want to teach something, leaders go first and you've got to learn yeah. how to model that. Well, as a Navy SEAL, there's no room for you to put off responsibility on someone else. There's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's a matter of life and death. And if you are playing the victim, 
you're you're just not going to get out alive. Yeah. Except I remember learning this in, in my early 20s at a great company I worked with, um, accept responsibility, delegate credit. Mm, yes. Yeah, that's good. So if there is someone listening today that wants to make a positive change in this area in their fatherhood and stepping up, what um, is a small step that they can take today? Well, I think it, just, just ask yourself this question. In the past, what's worked? right? Whenever you've wanted to step up in anything, mm -hmm. what's worked for you? Mm -hmm. And the answer is probably going to be very different for a lot of people. And it's also going to have some similarities. And I think that as a society, we learn well with other people, right? Mm -hmm. And you hear this all the time. I have this great mentor. I have this great friend. Somebody asked me a great question. We have this great conversation. Look, I'm all for books. I'm all for podcasts. I wrote a book. I host a podcast, right? Like yeah. I love them. I listen to them. I, I create them. Um, at the end of the day, a lot of it is who we're learning with. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what I want to create. I want to create a system yeah. where we can learn with and from amazing people. And I believe there is no one guru. There is no one expert. There, you know, you're all experts. You all, mm -hmm. you all bring some value to the table. But if we can learn to curate wisdom from the communities that we live in, we can learn to curate the great communities that we want to live in. If we can, if we can take that step to find a group of people that we can do life with, that yeah. ultimately that will hold us accountable, that will be strong when we're not, and when we can be strong for them. You know, one of our front row dads says, Hey, I, I come to front row dads events when I'm kicking ass and when I'm getting my ass kicked both, because yeah. you know, it's like, it's too tempting to be like, wow, things are going well. I'm just not going to go right to the dad's retreat. Oh, totally. But the answer is like, Hey, when you're, when you're, when you're kicking ass, you go and give to people and you create that communal capital so that when you yeah. finally one day, cause it's coming, you will get your ass kicked. Then you have people that can show up and help you. And that is the goal of, of, uh, of a community. And so what I'm most obsessed with right now and the step that people can take is form a community, join a community. I mean, look, we have in, in our front row dads group, we have 90 members, but we have bands. We call them bands. And it's a play on band of brothers and this front row idea of being in a band. Mm -hmm. And uh, in our bands, there are four people, give or take a member or so. And we get together once a month and we talk family stuff. The only rule is no business talk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk a lot about our businesses. We don't need any more business time to talk, right? We need to yeah. talk about marriage and health and kids and parenting and like get real and raw there so yeah. we can have some growth in our families. And so that's what I would do. I would form a group. I would talk once a month. I would do that on your own. You don't need to join Front Row Dads in order to do that. But if we could be of service to you, then great. You know, um, we're a group of high-performing, entrepreneurial-spirited guys who want to be family men with businesses and not businessmen mm -hmm. with families. And but you don't need that. Like, mm -hmm. I want you to join my group, but you don't have to. Just just get together with some guys, yeah. right? And yeah. and form those conversations. But have some accountability. Set some goals. Bring about the conversation because conversation creates the future. Yeah. So when you were talking about um, like the the people that you've worked with, do you find that as they find success in their family, that it feeds into their businesses as well. I mean, I think sometimes a lot of people think I have to put all my energy into my, my business to make it successful. But do you find that there's a relationship between the success at home and the success in the workplace? Well, I do. I mean, personally, here's the thing. Like, do I have stats to back up my statement right now? No, mm -hmm. I couldn't quote the Harvard Business Review that says exactly what I want to say. But but I can tell you that I've seen it within my own life and in the lives of others. Here's an example. And uh, so it's a little anecdote, but it's, you know, this last year, maybe two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, um, mm -hmm. I, 
I was, and my business was doing great. Like I'm traveling the world, I'm giving speeches. Uh, I was primarily for a number of years working like on college campuses. I was a leadership speaker mm -hmm. and I'd won college speaker of the year twice. I had like made more money than I could ever imagine making in that line of work. I was in love with what I did. Everything mm -hmm. seemed to be great. But I remember telling my wife at times that <clears throat> I'd say, hey, my best hours of the day are in the morning and I'm the primary breadwinner. My wife stays home with the kids and has mm -hmm. for a decade. And I said, I, as a result of that, I need to give my best hours to my work. Now, it, ironically, my wife's worst hours are the beginning part of the day. She likes to sleep in. She's not good when she wakes up. I'm a morning person. And I had been taught for years as a young entrepreneur that you got to mm -hmm. identify your best hours of the day. And then you got to give those best hours to the hardest work in your mm -hmm. business because that makes sense. And I get it, right? That's, yeah. that's a good argument. However, it hit me that if my family is truly first, why am I giving the best of me to my work and the rest of me to my family? Mm -hmm. Why does that make sense? Um, so then I challenged the notion of, do I need to give my best hours to my work? Do I need to? Is that just something I've told myself? But, but can I bend reality here of what I think it is? Can I create a world I want to live in? So I tested this theory and I said, now I'm going to wake up. I'm going to give the best of me to, my, to myself. I always have a morning routine, right? Mm -hmm. So I try to get up um, both before and with the kids so I can do this morning routine. But then I'm going to literally spend time with the family. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take my kids to school. I'm going to not even start work until 10 a.m. I'm going to give them the first four hours of my day from 6 to 10 Mm -hmm. And uh, my business grew by 40%. Oh, wow. So I stopped taking, and here's what's fascinating. I used to work six days a week. I used to grind from, I'd leave the house at 6 a.m. and go to a coffee shop just so I could get out of the house and right into work. Uh, I would get home at 6 p.m. I'd work 12 hour days, six days a week. That's what I would do. And now, um, and it's not perfect, by the way, so let's be clear about this, right? Like there are changes and you know, things, there's seasons and whatnot. But generally my schedule, and if I screenshotted my calendar, you'd see this. I don't take my first appointment before 10 a.m. ever. Mm -hmm. And I, my last appointment is at 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. I only work Tuesday. I, I work in my business Monday through Friday, but I only take calls Tuesday through Thursday. There's a reason mm -hmm. we're talking on a Wednesday right now. Yeah. Somebody looks at my calendar. You cannot book me for a podcast. You cannot get my calendar for any other day. There's yeah. very limited windows. And ever since that, things, I mean, I, that constraint has really helped my family. Mm -hmm. So I will say there is absolutely a way to put your family first. There's absolutely a way to grow a successful business outside of that. And there is a great, there is a way that you can have it all. I definitely believe that. I don't think it's easy, mm -hmm. but I think you can definitely have it all. And the reason, going back to your original question, is that because I felt like a rock star in my life, it made all the interactions I had in my business 10x more powerful. People were mm -hmm. more, more interested in doing business with me, more yeah. committed to the cause, more engaged. My, my speaking fees, the minute I was like, <clears throat> not going to spend as much time on the road because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so committed to my family and I'm, I'm so much happier at home, um, my speaking fee went up. It doubled. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, totally affects it. Yeah. Oh, that's good news. All right. So let's um, wrap up. But before we do, I want you to tell me, uh, tell our listeners about your membership site and about your retreat. Yeah. Awesome. Well, my favorite thing to talk about, and here's what I would say. I would say um, you, you, 
I would personally say to somebody, don't join Front Row Dads if you're sitting there thinking like, is this a group I'd want to join? Don't join for content. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to sell you on that joining for content. And that's, I'm, by the way, I'm not uh, attacking any of those people, but I'm outright telling people don't join for content. Um, mm-hmm. You might think that's why you're joining. Join for the brotherhood. And not because you need more friends either. Like I've got lots of friends. <laughs> so I just yeah. feel like, I don't need any more friends. I got tons of people I'm trying to stay connected to. This is learning with and from the right people mm-hmm. for a very specific reason. And so our membership is set up so that, I mean, you, if you went to our site right now, frontroadads.com, you couldn't join. You can't mm-hmm. join the membership. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is you can start to engage, get to know us. You can send me an email. I get to know you. And it's a mm-hmm. vetted system to get the right guys in the group. But mm-hmm. if you're, uh, you know, we're looking for good guys mm-hmm. who, who have wisdom and who are also wise enough to know there's more to learn. I, I'm seeking yeah. them that have a blend of confidence and humility, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and that to me is the best. So our membership, it's like private Facebook group, monthly calls, these small groups of guys that are like, we put you in a band of four people mm-hmm. that you can build a tight relationship with and then invites to our retreats, which are three days and ultimately designed around having amazing conversation on the mm-hmm. four pillars that I spoke about earlier from mm-hmm. health, uh, marriage, parenting, emotions, all of that's all part of the retreats. And so, and our mm-hmm. retreats are like 40 men. So we keep them pretty tight. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, you know, for, I say to the guys, I go, look, if, if you invested three hours a month into front row dads, that's enough to make a huge difference in your family. Yeah. So three hours a month is the commitment. If somebody's like, do I have time? And the answer is, you know, do, do, can, you know, what's the cost of those three hours? And I always think like, what's the cost of not investing those three hours? That's really yeah. the question. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So, but if anybody wants to learn more, go to frontrowdads.com, check out the site. Uh, Front Row Dads has a podcast. And if you're listening to this, chances are you like to consume mm-hmm. content that way. So check out the podcast, Front Row Dads. And there's a lot of great interviews on there. And if you start to enjoy what you hear, then reach out to me. I'm just john at frontrowdads.com. I make it really easy to be found. J-O-N at frontrowdads.com. Or we have a Facebook group also. If you just type in Front Row Dads, you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. I hope our listeners check it out. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being here. And thank you, by the way. These are great questions. I love what you're up to. Such an empowering mission. And I believe this with all my heart, that what you're doing can save the world. Because if you look around right now and you look at the rate in which we're, the population is growing, the rate in which we're fishing our oceans, the, the soil degradation that we have, uh, the, you know, the climate that we're facing, you know, the, the pollution problem, uh, you know, if we don't get our act together as a society in the next 50 to 100 years, we're in real trouble. Mm-hmm. I, I want to tip my hat to you because while I think it's wonderful that we're all building great businesses, um, I think that saving the planet, um, and I know that may sound a little dramatic, but just do some basic searching there and just check your heart and you'll know when you look around that we've got to make a change. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to start at home. So I think saving yeah. the world is going to start with what you're doing in this community. And so I, I really want to honor you for that. It just you know, conversations create our future. And so that's, that's what you're doing. And I love it. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. You can find John at www.frontrowfactor.com and on Twitter and Instagram as John Froman. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. This is the last episode of season four of the Family Culture Project podcast. We're taking a few weeks off this summer to spend time with our families, rest, and recharge. Not only that, but we'll be working on a few special projects that will help you become the family you were meant to be. So be on the lookout for new content coming your way in September. 
In the meantime, you can catch up on past episodes you've missed, as well as join me at Kimberly Amici over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out. You can subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast app or our weekly newsletter to be the first to know when new episodes are ready. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.